In progress. Okay. First of all, today's learning should be uh, for all those that inherit Nez Yisrael and Nebuch, the Jews that were killed and the captives should come home. And the Rabbi Yishev ben Rachman Alevi, Yaakov ben Tregafayv Alevi, Sarlei Bashmul Tzvi, Yacham ben Pesach, Vaisav Shur, Avram ben Herav Baruch. Okay. Um, we are up to Samach Dalid Amid Beis. We are three lines from the bottom, the last two words. The last thing we said was as follows. That till the Mishnah, you have to hold cup a little bit. Um, the last thing we did was as follows. You have a person that's got, seemingly, he's got four daughters from two different wives. He's got Rachel Leah from one wife, Bill and Zilpah. Rachel and Leah are both older than Bill and Zilpah. It's an age order. Rachel Leah, Bill and Zilpah. He says to someone, I'm marrying off my daughter, the Gedoyla. And he never clarifies which one, or he clarified, but he forgot. It's a Shailam the Gemara earlier in the Mesech the Pop. It gets whatever the case is. The question is, who, who is now, who needs a, de- a get? Rameir says, three out of four. Because the Gedoyla could be the oldest, Rachel. It could be Leah, because Leah is older than the whole set of Bila and Zilpah. So she might also be called the Gedoyla. It might be Bila, because she's the older of the second set. But it's definitely not Zilpah. Rav Yaisi said, no, Rav Yaisi said, <coughs> sorry, Rav Yaisi said that the person only, uh, when they say Gedayla, they don't mean, they only, uh, they don't mean to put the whole family in a massive suffix, therefore it obviously just means Rachel and Rachel alone. Same thing for Katana, three out of four, it would be Leah, Bila, Zilpa, not Rachel, and Rav Yaisi would say it would just be Zilpa. That was a, we said also there's another Machlaikis that they have regarding Pesach. Um, a similar Machlaikis does a person put himself in a matzav of suffolk if you make a neder that I'm not going to eat, you know, I'm not going to go to the park ad pesach, that's, I'm sorry, ad pesach that's till erev pesach. Ad is till matzah pesach. And what if you said ad pinei, that we said is a machleikas for Meir and Rav Yossi, fine. Says the Gemara as follows, Am Rabbi, machleikas b'shtei kite bonus. The whole machleikas between Rav Meir and Rav Yossi, when you have this gedoyla of which daughters are included in the suffolk, is only when you have the daughters are from four are from two different women. Meaning, Rachel and Leah are from one set of women, one one wife, and Bill is from another. The reason why there's it's possible for there to be a suffix is because Rachel and Leah, Leah is Leah is from a different wife, and she's older than Bill and Zilpa. Therefore, she might be called Gedoyla. But says the Gemara, this is what Gavin actually asked me yesterday. Let's say forget about two wives. Stop. The guy's got three daughters. Rachel, Leah, Bila, all from one wife. He says the Gedoyla. So, definitely Rachel is included. Definitely Bila is not included. The question is Leah. Meaning, when a person, we just started, this is uh, your question from yesterday, says the Gemara, if it's only from one Kas, meaning, if it's only from one, you have three daughters from one wife, Says the Gemara, Divra Gol Gedoyla Mamish, Kitana Mamish, and Ensos Bishma Karila. This whole Shaila of which daughters are included when you make this nether and you call the Nanmei Nether, when you marry off the Gedoyla, is only because they're from multiple wives. But if you have three daughters from one wife, Divrei Hakol, again, you have Rachel, Leah, Bila from one wife, Divrei Hakol, Rachel is the oldest, Divrei Hakol, Bila is the youngest, and Leah is not called Gedoyla at all. She's called the middle child. You call her the Emtzayas, you call her by her name. So this whole Shaila of who's the Gedoyla is only when they come from multiple wives. Because you could argue Rachel and Leah, Leah is a middle child, but she's older than the entire 
other step, uh, the entire other family. So because she's older, the entire family, then she might be called Gedalia. But if you have three daughters from one wife, Kuli Alma <coughs> agrees that the middle daughter is not called Gedalia. She's called the middle one. Everyone agrees to that. Okay. Meaning this whole Shaila of who's Gedalia does not apply when there's a middle. What's the case of our Mishnah? I mentioned the case. I, I mean, Rashi indicates the cases. The case is you have two daughters from two separate wives, Rachel Leah from one, Bilah Zilpah from the other. The question is, what if you had, why do we assume that that's the case? What if the case is as follows? You're telling me that when there's a middle child, the middle child is not included in Gedalia. She's called middle. So what would the halacha be that instead of Rachel Leah from one, it's Rachel Leah from one, Bilah, uh, yeah, Bilah, Sarah, Zilpah. So Sarah would be permitted because she's the middle one. The Gemara feels, isn't that the case? Meaning we're assuming the case is where there's Rachel Leah, Bilah, Zilpah, just two from each, and there's no middle child on either set. Because you're telling me that if there's a middle child, middle child is for sure not included. Aren't we talking about a case where there's a middle child? And the Gemara's going to say, no. That's the back and forth. The Gemara says... According to you, that a middle child has a different halacha. How come you said in the Mishnah that everyone is Asr except for the baby youngest of the second set? Aren't we talking about a case where the second set has three? Right? We thought this, the first set has two, the second set has two. The only one that's mutter is the baby baby. But Gemara says, aren't we talking about a case where the first set has two and the second set has three? Now it should be two on mutter. The baby one and the middle one because she's called the middle of the second set. So the Gemara says, That's not the case. The case is where there's two and two. I don't know what that is. Maybe the halacha would be different. There's no two and three. It's two and two. The Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. I'll give you a good proof. If there was a third child, wouldn't the Mishnah say it? The Mishnah says there's two on each. Okay. If there was a third, Mestame be said. The fact that it's not listed indicates that it's two and two. The Gemara says, I don't know if that's such a great proof. Why? Maybe there's Taka a third, and the Mishnah didn't list it. I'll prove it to you. In the first case, the first set, Rachel and Leah, the first from the first wife, what would the halacha be if there was three from the first set? It would still be Asr, because they're all still considered Gedayla. The whole concept of a middle one being different is from the second set. The first set, they're all still older than the entire second set. Would there be a difference whether there's a middle one in the first set or not? No. And the Mishnah doesn't list the middle one. And there's no difference. What do you have to say? Who Hadinah could have. So maybe in the second set, who Hadinah could have listed. Uh, I know. The Gemara says, the, the Gemara says, listening. According to you, the fact that it's omitted means that it doesn't exist. It doesn't say a middle one in the first set. It just says two and two. But it could really, it would the halacha be the exact same if it was three and two. So why isn't it listed? The Misha doesn't have to tell you everything. It could be that there's really a third child. The Gemara says, no. says, wait a minute. There's no difference in halacha between the first one having two or three. So the Mishnah didn't list it. So you want to say, the fact the Mishnah didn't list it, even though it's possible it's there, that would also mean that the second set also might have three, even though the second set having three would make a halachic difference. The Gemara says, because there's a difference in the second set, if there was three, it would say so. Meaning, if there's, the first set is going to be Usr, when you say that you married off a Gedalia, the first wife's children are going to be Usr regardless, because they're older than the second set. You could have one, you could have two, you could have ten, you could have twenty. It's not going to make a difference. Therefore, the Mishnah didn't feel the necessity to tell you how many children there are, because it doesn't make a difference. The second set, if there's a middle child, 
that all of a sudden the middle child is also permitted. That's a huge halachic nafkamin. So wouldn't the Mishnah have to tell me? <laughs> the answer is, yeah. And the fact that the Mishnah didn't means the case is two and two. So therefore we have no indication of what the halacha will be if there was a middle child. There is no middle child. It's two and two. That's the case of the Mishnah. Now, uh, it gets a lot easier after the Mishnah. The Gemara says, Okay, so one last point. You're telling me that the halachic shay, the machloikas Rameir and Rav Yossi, Rameir and Rav Yossi, yeah, Rameir and Rav Yossi, is only when there's two and two. But let's say there's one husband and one wife with three different children. Three children. The older, the middle, and the baby. The halacha is... Everyone agrees there's no machlaikas. Meaning they only argue when there's two different children from two separate wives. But when there's three daughters from one wife, everyone agrees the gedayla is the gedayla, the katana is the katana, and the middle is the middle. Everyone agrees. They only argue in this case of two and two. They don't argue in, in one family case. But don't they also argue by Pesach? They argue in the case of Pesach, if you said ad penei, is that till the beginning of Yom Tif to the end of Yom Tif. And the Gemara, for some reason, thinks, isn't Pesach more comparable to one family? There's no two Pesachs. So if they argue by Pesach of what do you mean, do you mean the beginning of Yom Tif, the middle of Yom Tif, the end of the Yom Tif, so too they could argue by one family. I don't, uh, it's not exactly applicable, and the Gemara instantly rejects this. The Gemara says, They argue by Pesach, and Pesach is one is one unit, it's not multiple families, it's not multiple Yom Tovim, it's one Pesach. So the Gemara says, meaning, and therefore, Mistama, they argue by one family as well. The Gemara says, no. It's not applicable at all. By Pesach, they're arguing, very simply put, when you say the lush and ad penei, what do you mean? Do you mean the beginning of Yom Tif or the end of Yom Tif? That's a shaila of what does the word ad penei mean? The other shaila of who's the gedayla, when there's one family, everyone knows the eldest is the gedayla, the baby is the baby, and the middle is called the middle child. Therefore, they don't argue one family. Meaning, Rav Yossi and Rav Meir are arguing what does a person mean when there's ambiguity in his statement? So by Pesach, there's ambiguity because he used a lush and ad penei, which we don't really know what that means. With one family unit with three children, there's no ambiguity. Everyone knows. Oldest, middle, baby. That's it. Therefore, by a family, they argue when there's two sets because then now there's more mokum for a shayla. But the, the fact that they argue by Pesach doesn't indicate that they'll argue by a family. Pesach, that Lushan is ambiguous. By a family, it's not. I, it's not relatable. I, the Gemara says, Over there, they're just arguing. What do you mean? It's not applicable at all to other scenarios. Okay. New topic. A lot. It's a lot easier. It's thick, but you could work through it a lot easier from here on. Okay. <coughs> Let me explain what this mission is dealing with. This mission is dealing with the following premise. A guy co- comes up out of nowhere, and he says to a woman, we got married. There's no Adam. The halacha is, we have no reason to believe. A man comes over to and says, we're married? Yeah, he says, don't you remember we got married? And she says, no, we didn't. So obviously, he's not believed. He has no Adam. It's nothing. But the halacha is, there's a concept called Shavya Nafshad HaChatich Surah, which means... That when a person makes a statement, even if he's not believed, it's sort of like a nether. You see, when a guy says he married a woman, what he's actually saying, in essence, is we're married, and by doing so, I can't marry your relatives. 
So by you making the statement that you marry this woman, even though you're not believed, it's the equivalent of you making a neder saying, I will not marry your relatives. That's in essence what you're saying. And even though you don't have halachic basis for what you're saying, it's like a neder. It's called Shabi Arash, Surah. You could make something usa to you like a piece of pork. So that's the concept. It's, it's sort of like working in the fundamentals of a nether. So let's see all the cases. Let's work through. There are four cases in the Mishnah. The Gemara is going to ask why we need all four cases. They're, they make a lot of sense. You just have to like think of the cases. Very simple. A guy goes over to a woman and said, hey, we got married. He marries, look at this, Shani. And she says, no, we didn't. So what's the halacha? He's not allowed to marry her relatives, even though he's not believed, but he sort of made another. But she can marry his relatives because she never claimed to agree to his statement, and therefore she is muttered to his relatives, but he cannot marry her relatives. That's the first case. Case number two. Again, the first case, she rejected the claim, so she is completely, it does not affect her at all. She, she goes about her day. Opposite case. He imaris kidashtani. She goes to a guy and she says, she says, we got married. And he says, no, we didn't. So the opposite halacha. She is not allowed to marry his relatives, but he's allowed to marry her relatives. Very easy. So it's, just, it's vice versa. Okay. Third case. A guy says to a woman, I married you. No, but she says, no, you didn't marry me. You married my daughter. Don't you remember you married my daughter? He didn't marry me. So now think about it. He's claiming to marry her. So he's going to be Osir and her relatives. She is rejecting his claim. She says, we did not get married. She's allowed to marry his relatives. She is saying that you married my daughter. The thing is, though, she has no right and power to make that claim. That's an irrelevant claim in halacha. Because she, she doesn't have power. She's not a father who can marry off her daughter. So by, him, by her saying, you married my daughter... That's nothing. That's not, that's not a claim that even exists. It's not biyada. That's nothing. So that's, that claim has no halachic basis. Because, she, because there's no edus here at all. This whole thing is a matter of whether it's a legitimate claim. If it's a legitimate claim from their perspective, then it's a nether. It's not a legitimate claim from her perspective. Because she's not believed mitzad edus. She doesn't have the power to marry off her daughter anyway. So it's not like biyada. So it's nothing. So she's claiming, you didn't marry me. So I'm allowed to marry your relatives. And you, I say you married my daughter, which, by the way, he doesn't claim, and her claim is irrelevant. So therefore, the daughter's relatives are muttered to everybody. That, that's the halacha. Let's see it inside. Kidashticha, the husband, the guy claims I married you. She says, no, you didn't. You married my daughter. So who also is He is not allowed to marry the relatives of the mom because he claimed to marry her. The mom is allowed to marry his relatives because she rejected the claim that they got married. He is allowed to marry the relatives of the daughter because he never claimed to marry the daughter. And the daughter is allowed to marry his relatives because the daughter never claimed to be married either. Okay. It basically, it's whoever claimed, <coughs> it affects just the person who made the claim. Last case which is the opposite. A guy comes forward and says to a woman, I married your daughter. And she says, no, 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 you married me. So now, he is not allowed to marry the relatives of the daughter because he claimed to marry the daughter. 
No, but there are there, you, there are certain situations where it could be like a, a like a you know a half sister of the daughter, which is not related to the mom, a a, 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 a paternal sister. That would, would you could have a scenario where someone is re- related to the child and not the mom. I understand that, but but, but yes, m- most of them are of an overlap. So but but you could. The mother, where she says, "I didn't marry you," right? And it's only the daughter that says that. Yeah. So the mother's also Yeah, she is Aser, but but her relatives are not. You understand? The point is, Buteris Bekraivov, whom Buter Bekraivis Gadailus Gadailus Bekraivov. So, okay, we have four scenarios. Okay. Now, the Gemara wants to know why do you need all four? Why do you need all four cases? Again, the first case is that he claims to marry her. He said we got married. She said we didn't. So we said he's Aser to her relatives, but not vice versa. Then the second case is she claims to marry him. And he says, no, we didn't. What's the halacha? She's also to his relatives, but he's moted to her relatives. It's mamish. It's a very, very, it's, the, it's mirror imaging of each other. Why need all these four cases? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Tzricha, <coughs> why need all four cases? Iyash minengabi didei mishum degavra lo ichbatle umikri. A guy doesn't care and he'll lie. Avol ihi ema ilav de kimle bidibura lo yhava omra velitzer ihi bikrevisaha kamash molan. Okay, here's the, here's the chiddush of the second case. First case is, a guy comes forward and says to a woman, I married you, and she says, no, you didn't, so the Mishnah is laying down the law. He's usher to her relatives, she's mutter to his relatives, because it doesn't, it's one directional. Second case, she comes and says, we got married. And he's like, no, no, we didn't. So, she's usher to his relatives, but not vice versa. You know what the chiddush of that is? You see, when the guy claims to be married in the first case, how many people is he ossering upon himself? So we said her relatives. How many people is that? It's like seven people? Whatever. Eight people. It's not, it's not a lot of people. Maybe the reason why it doesn't affect her is because we don't really believe him. Because what's, like, what's he got to lose? He's going in. He wants to marry this girl. It's his high school crush. So he says to her, we got married. You got drunk class. We got married. And he's hoping. He's lying. Let's say he's lying, right? Worst case scenario. Okay. It's a worth a shot. Either she says yes, yay. If not, no, I, I asked it seven people on me. So there's other fish in the sea. So maybe in such a scenario, that's why it doesn't affect her. But when she claims they got married, do you know who she's asking upon herself? The whole world minus him. Because she's saying she's a married woman. So maybe that's a claim that's so heavy that we should actually believe it both directions. That when a woman claims she got married, it should ask her, she, he can't marry her relatives either. Meaning, if I didn't hear both this, the first two cases, I would say, maybe in the first case, we don't ask her, his, her relatives, because like we don't believe him. Because well, okay, well, he's, 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 So he asked some relatives on him, like, no, maybe he's lying. But when she claims to get married, do you understand how many people are now asking on this woman? The whole world minus this guy. So maybe a woman wouldn't do this if it wasn't legit, and maybe we should believe her in both directions. Kamash no. It answers who, her, not him. That's the second case. Then, what's the chiddush of the third case? The chiddush of the third case is where she claims, he says, I married you, and she says, no, 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 you married my daughter. What's the halacha? The only one that's usher is he can't marry her relatives. Everyone else is permitted. What's the chiddush of that case? The chiddush of that case is as follows. Why do you need the third case? We know that a father, we had this in yesterday's Mishnah. If a father says, I married off my daughter, what's the halacha? He's believed. Why? Because we had yesterday. The Torah gives him the koyach to marry her, and therefore the Torah believes him. Over here, what is she claiming? She claims to marry off her daughter. So she can't do that because Adam said, 
you, you don't have the right to marry her off. Only the dad does. But you might think maybe biblically the father has the right to marry off his child. Maybe the mom has the rabbinic right. Maybe we should believe her rabbinically. Again, the dad has the right to marry off the child. And if the dad says, I married off my daughter, he's believed. And now she needs a get. Because the father has the right, and therefore the Torah says, I believe you. The chiddush of this third case is that a mom does not have that right, even rabbinically. That when the mom claims the child got married, Ephes, zero, nothing. It's not a biblical right, and it's not even a rabbinic right. It's a zero right. That's the chiddush. Meaning you might think that the rabbis gave the mom the power to marry off the child rabbinically. Kamashwa, no, zero. Okay. You might think that the rabbis believed her rabbinically, and therefore she should make the child rabbinically forbidden, nothing. What about the last case where he claims to marry the child? And so the Gemara says, the last case, the last case is just for the flow. Like the last case is not a chiddush at all. It's just you got three cases. Make it, make it four. Make it easy. Okay. Itmar. Okay, regarding these Mishnayis, again, there were four cases in the Mishnah. One of the cases, the, the Gemara says we have a tradition, Itmar, regarding one of the cases, we'll see which one, Rav Amar Kofin. Rav says you force him to give her a get. In one of the cases, he better write her a get. Okay, and Shmuel Amar Mevakshin. Shmuel says, no, we don't force him to give a get, we re- kindly request that he give her a get. Now, which case is this? In one of the cases in the Mishnah, we want her to be divorced. Either we force or we ask. Okay. Ahai, which case? Let's go with the first case. Ilema Aresha, let's go with the first case. What's the first case? A guy comes forward and says to a woman, we got married. And she says, no, no, we didn't. I don't, I don't know who you are, man. I'm like, No, we didn't. What's the halacha? He's also to her relatives. She's completely fine. Now you're telling me that we force her to get a divorce. Why? She's Scott clean. She's, she's fine. You force her to get a divorce, she's now a divorcee. She now can't marry a kite. She can't marry her relatives. Why would, we, why would we force her to get divorced? Divorce always helps the woman. We only do it to help the woman. In the first case, she doesn't need help. She, she's like, I don't know this guy. Like, I'm walking about my day. Like, there's no reason to force her to get divorced, to hurt her in the first case. If it means the first case in the Mishnah, no way. We should not force her to get a divorce. We shouldn't ask her to get a divorce. It must be the second case. Here's the second case. She claims to be married to him. He says, no, you're not. No, we're not. So what's the halacha? She's also to his relatives. Because she's also to his relatives, we, we force the guy, give her a get. Do me a favor, give her a get. Because, give her a get, because it'll help her out. Because if you have a woman who can't marry certain people, people are going to think she's married. Give her a get. Also, here's the problem. Also, it's more than that. You're forcing him to give a get. Again, in this case, she claims to be married to him. He's like, I don't know who you are, lady. He is completely mutter. He can marry every person on planet Earth. We're now f- going to force him. If you want to ask him to get a divorce, you say, listen, do me a favor. Can you please be the good guy and write her? She's crazy. Just write her a divorce. Okay, he can do whatever he wants if he chooses. You're going to force him to get divorced? You know what happens when you divorce a woman? He's now not allowed to marry her relatives. Because what rabbi would ever marry him to her relatives after there's a court order, if there's a divorce in court. So you're going to force the guy to get divorced? It's messing him up. The divorce helps the woman, but it hurts the guy. But she has more to lose, like we said before. Yeah, but he, what, it's not, what's not, why, why is it his fault? She's a crazy lady who goes over to the guy and says, we got married last week. And he's like, I don't know who you are. 
So now you're going to force him to get divorced from her. Yes, to help her. I understand it helps her. Beautiful. But it hurts him. So if you want to say mevakshin like Shmuel, okay, you want to ask him. You can say, listen, I know it messes you up because it's going to ask her relatives. Frankly, you probably don't want to marry her because the, the relatives are probably crazy too. But you want to go to the guy and you say, listen, do me a favor. Write her a divorce. Mevakshin, fine. Koifin? Rav says we force him, like, by court order to divorce him. Why should I court order to divorce him? Well, she's a crazy lady. What do I have to do for So the Gemara says, uh, wait a minute. If Shmuel's right that it's Mavakshin, we ask him to write her again. Lachai, I get it. Elokoifin, forcing? Amai. Omar it's a bekreva. He says, why should I be why should I be divorced? Why should I go down in history as divorce? I can't marry relatives. Why what do I want this for? So the Gemara says, you're right. It's not a machlegas Rav and Shmuel. They agree. The statements were pushed together. What do I mean? Amr Shmuel Mavakshin. We paskin in the second case, we ask the guy kindly. Again, she comes into court, she comes in and says, you married me last week. And he's like, I don't know who you are or what you're talking about. In such a scenario, we kindly request that he divorce her. We cannot force, we ask. But, Amr Rav, im nasan get me But let's say before we ask, he just, again, what's the case? She comes into court and says, we got married last week. And he's like, I don't know who you're talking, I don't know who you are. But I can write you a divorce just to clarify things. He offers to write a divorce. If he offers to write a divorce, that's it. That's an admission of guilt. Then if he offers to write a divorce, he has to pay a ksuba. We force him to pay the ksuba. Well, well, there's a standard value. There's a standard value. You'll have to give the standard. The point is like this. You want, we're going to ask you to give a get. If let's say before we ask, you offer? All of a sudden, you're offering to give a divorce of a woman you've never met before? Okay. That's an admission of guilt. Amirav, if you offer to give the get without being asked, then you have to pay the ksuba because that's an admission of guilt. We have the similar statement. Rav said we force him to get a divorce and we ask him. What do you mean? Do you force and ask? You can't force and ask. This is the statement we said before. We ask him to give a divorce. But if he offers on his own, that's an admission of guilt and he has to pay the ksuba. Amirav Yehuda, new topic. This is a. How you doing? It's good to see. You. I was going to reach out anyway. Um, new topic. And that is. Amirav Yehuda, Amirav Nachman, Baumine, Amirav Yehuda. I'm sorry. Amirav Yehuda, Hamakadish Be'edachar. You marry a woman with one witness. Stam, there's no two witnesses. You made a wedding, just chas and kala, and one witness. The question is, is that anything? It is nothing. You cannot marry with one witness. One witness is nothing. You need two edim. Fine. Meaning, we don't say that like two edim is lechachila, but one aid is enough. One aid is nothing. Okay. Boy, minei of Yehuda. They asked of you the following kasha. Shnei What if the chas and kala both agreed that they got married? Meaning. Is one witness nothing only when one of them is disputing that they got married? What did the Chassan and Kala say? Yeah, we only got one witness, but we both, like, we were there. Does that change anything? Well, that's, the question is, is one witness nothing? Or is one witness only nothing when one of the couple is disputing them and getting married? So the Gemara says, in the lo- I mean, We know the answer, because we know we paskin that you need two witnesses. We got to get there. In the lava, if you be other, he said, yes, no, maybe, he wasn't sure. So, Itmar, 
The Psak is one witness is nothing, even if both the Chasan and Kala agree that they got married, one witness is nothing. <coughs> okay. We're now going to ask some kashas on the statement that one witness is nothing. Rav asked Rav Nachman the following question. Again, our Mishnah, he claims to marry her. She says, no, we didn't. What's the halacha? He's usher to his relatives. Now, he's only going to be usher to her relatives if he's making a legitimate claim, right? What is he claiming exactly? Is he claiming that there are witnesses? Are there witnesses to back up his claim or not? I mean, the Gemara's answer is like incredibly obvious, but we got to get there. The answer, I'll just tell you, like the Gemara wants to know, like, are there witnesses here? Because if there are witnesses, they both should be usher. If there's no witnesses, then no one should be usher. And the Gemara's answer is going to be very obvious, and that is that. And so the Gemara says, it must be this one witness, and you see one witness. The Gemara's answer is very obvious. He's claiming to have gotten married in front of witnesses, but those witnesses are not currently here. That's like the... So. What is he claiming? When he says they got married, yeah. are there witnesses that back up his claim? So then if there's no witnesses, how is, how is his claim legitimate at all? The answer is he's claiming there are witnesses, but they're not currently present. It's a pretty obvious, the Gemara just has to get there. The Gemara says, what's the case? Are there witnesses that back up his claim? If there are witnesses, then they both should be usher, they both should be married. If there's no witnesses that back up his claim, then how is his claim legitimate even from his perspective? It must be this one witness to back up his claim, meaning he says they got married, she says he didn't, and he procured one witness. So you see, one witness is something because it, it's enough to make him usher to her relatives. The Gemara says, no. He's claiming to have gotten married in front of witnesses. Where are they? They're in China. They traveled. That's the case. You're right. If, if he's claiming that there were no witnesses, or if he's claiming there's one witness, that was nothing. He's claiming there were witnesses. I got married in front of Reuven and Shimon. Where are they? They just went to Eretz Yisrael. I can't, I can't get a hold of them. Okay, so that's the case. Fine. Eisve, another kasha... These sugis have major halachic nafkaminas um, regarding civil marriage. I, I just can't go through it to fully, but there's major halachic nafkaminas. Oh, I just want you to know, I don't know if you remember, that I was once dealing with a situation where a woman just made up the story that she was she's getting married to some a rabbi who was married. Really? Remember this? Mm-hmm. I say he's also to her relatives. No, they never. She's also to his relatives. It was a whole crazy thing. I don't remember. I don't remember. So the Gemara says like this. Um, I have another kasha based on the single witness being significant. You divorce a woman. So you divorce a woman, and then you walk. What we see is we see you and your ex-wife go into a hotel together and stay the night in the hotel. So the shaila is, do you need a get from... We assume that you had relations in the hotel together. Now, if it's just a guy and a girl that go into a hotel together, we assume they had relations, but we don't assume the relations were the shame condition. Over here, they're an ex-wife. So we assume that when they're, they're trying to get together again. So the question is, do you need another get from this union? Beishamah says, yes. Now the question is, what exactly is the case? We assume right now there are witnesses that actually see the relations. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, what's the case? Hey, If there are witnesses that actually saw them have relations, my time in the Beishamah. 
then what's Beishamash? You have witnesses that some of them have relations. We assume that it's Lashem Kedushin because they were married before. So what's the what's the Shiloh Beishamash? If there's no witnesses that saw anything, my time the Basila, then what's Basila Shita? It must be this one witness, and you see that Basila holds one witness is enough. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You're telling me the cases that actually someone saw something happen, like actually saw them have relations, and it was one witness. What's the end of that Brisa? Again, the first part of the Brisa is you have an, an ex wife, your ex wife goes into a hotel room together, you come out the next morning. Basil says you need to get, and now you're telling me that they actually had, someone saw them have relations. One witness saw them have relations. You see, one witness is significant. What's the end of that b'risa? The end of the b'risa says, Ema seifa, The end of the b'risa is, this is only true, this is your ex-wife, yeah? This is your ex-wife. This is only true if your first marriage, you had relations. Let's say you got divorced after Kedushin. You never lived with her, ever. The halacha is, you don't need a second divorce now. Because you're not comfortable with her. If you didn't live with her, if you didn't have relations during your first marriage, we assume you don't have relations in the hotel room now. Because you're not comfortable with her. So wait, wait. You're telling me the case is that there's a single witness who saw them have relations. Why would it make a difference whether they had relations in their first marriage or not? If no one knows what happened in the hotel room... Okay, then you're asking me statistically what would happen if they didn't have relations in the first marriage, they're not so comfortable, Mistama, they're not uh, doing anything now. But if you're telling me that there's a single witness who saw them have beer, so what does it ma- matter if the first marriage, they had, they had Kedushin, Nesuun, was a Nafkamina? You understand? If you're telling me we know what happened, if we're not sure what happened, if we're not sure what happened, so then, yeah, if, if, if the first marriage, they, they, they didn't have uh, Bia, the first marriage, Mistama, they didn't have it now. But if you're telling me there's an Eid Echa that actually saw them have relations, so what does it matter in the first marriage whether it was Kedushin or Nesu was a Nafkamina? The Gemara says, If you're telling me there's one witness, and one witness is believed, then Mali Mina Erisin, Mali Mina Nesuun, what does it matter in the first marriage? So the Gemara says, you know what the case is? It's not two witnesses. It's not one witness. You know what the case is? This case is a specific case. It's unrelated to our discussion. And that is, two witnesses saw them close the door. So there's two witnesses on the seclusion. No one knows what happened inside the room. The Machlekes is, can the witnesses that saw them have Yichud, can they serve as can that be in place of Adam of having relations? Meaning, with such a couple, because we could assume that Mistama, they had relations in the room, and Mistama was Hashem Kedushin, can the Adam of Yichud serve as Ede Kedushin? So, so it's a, that's the Shiloh. But it's not Ede Echad, it's not, it's, it's, we don't know what happened in the room. There's Adam that saw them seclude. And the question is, can that serve, is that enough of a, of a chazaka that that could serve as Adam for, for Kedushin? And therefore, by the way, then the end of the b'risa makes a lot of sense. You saw them close the door, you don't know what happened inside. If their first marriage, they never had relations together, Mestama, they're not having relations now because they're not comfortable with each other. So the Gemara says, Beishamah go the next page, does not believe that the Adam for the Yichud could serve as Adam for the Bia. And Basil disagrees. He feels no, that seeing the seclusion is enough. And now it makes sense, the end of the Brisa, 
And now everyone agrees if their first marriage they never had relations together, Mistama, then it's definitely not a, the Idiichur are definitely not Adibiya because Mistama, nothing happens. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Shmuel Bar Marta Meshmei Derav Hamekadish Beidechad. If you're Mekadish with a single witness, right? We had this discussion before. If you're Mekadish with a single witness, is it anything? So now we're just going to summarize more names. HaMekadish Be'erechod, if you're Mekadish with one witness, Ein Choshim L'Kedushin, it is nothing. Even if both agree they got married, one witness is not enough to make a marriage. Amrabar Vuna, HaMekadish Be'erechod, if you Mekadish with one witness, Be'edina Raba, the great Bezdin said, Ein Choshim L'Kedushin, it is nothing. Man Be'edina Raba, who is the Be'edina Raba? It's Rav. Okay, so Rav also said this. The Ikadamri and some say, Amar Rava Bar Rav Huna Amar Rav Hamakadish Beidecha Beidina Raba Amri Ein Chashukdushin Ma Beidina Raba Rebbe and some say that the Beidina Raba is not Rav, it's Rebbe. Okay, fine. Masiv Rav Achtavai. One last kasha. Again, we're going to bring a case. We're going to think the case is dealing with Eid Echad, and we're going to show how the case is not dealing with Eid Echad. Masiv Rav Achtavai Bar Ami. You have two men who show up with a woman to a city. No one knows who they are. Okay? And they're holding, and she's holding a bag of cash. Okay? So you have two men, one woman, and a bag of cash. Or a bag of any valuable, whatever it is. No one knows what the story is. Now they go to court, and this is what they say. I don't, it doesn't matter who's holding the bag. I'm not sure. But this is the case. Zaimer, one of the guys says, Zu Ishti, this is my wife. Zu Avdi, that guy's my slave. Vizu Chavilasi, and that's my bag of cash. Zaimer, the other guy says, No, Ze Ishti, this is my wife. Ze Avdi, you're my slave. Is Chavilasi, that's my bag of cash. Veisha Imeris, and she says, Shnei Avadi, both of these are my slaves. Vichavilashali, and it's my money. So everyone is claiming that it's their money. They're both claiming to be married to her. She's claiming that they're both her slaves. What do you do? So, you need to get. She needs a get from both. Why? They're both claiming to marry her. So she needs a get from both, which we'll see why in a second. But she could keep the bag of cash as her ksuba payment. Right? Right? They're both claiming to marry her, to have been married to her. They're both giving her a divorce. They both now owe her. One, somebody owes her a ksuba. So she gets to keep the payment, the bag of cash, as her ksuba payment, if the values work out. Now let me ask you a question. They're both giving her a divorce. Why? Hey, Chidami, what's the case? Now it can't be, well, again, the seeming case is they both show up with no adim to their claims. Now the problem is, we had this in the earlier Mishnah. You go over to a woman and you say, we got married, and she says, no, we didn't. She doesn't need a divorce in that case. So if they're both saying, we married you, why should she, why should she get divorced? Why should she, why should she cobble the get? It doesn't make any sense. It's just hurting her. It's not helping her. She doesn't need a divorce. They're just making claims. Huh? Two men are claiming she's married. Yeah, but so what? No, yeah, but not, no, but... but, but two, two, there's two people saying this woman's married. No, but, they're, but they're, each one is an eight echad. Oh, oh, so the Gemara is going to say, well, what's the case? Hey, Chidami, what's the case? Ides li it can't be that they both could procure two witnesses. If they both can bring up two witnesses to back up their claims, no way. Why? Then how does she claim that they're both her slaves? Then how, how is her claim legitimate whatsoever? It sounds like all three claims are legitimate. If they're both procuring witnesses, no way. Elamai, what's the case? 
Elav Eid Echad, it must be they both have an Eid Echad. So you see, Eid Echad is something. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Even if Eid Echad is something, over here the two, they both have an Eid Echad against each other, so they both cancel each other out. We're trying to find, we're trying to prove that Eid Echad could be something by a Kedushin when everyone agrees to it. Over here, even if Reuven brings an Eid, and Shimon brings an Eid, but they're both fighting, they're both Eidus are, 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 are being rejecting each other. Right? Reuven says, I, I'm a witness that they're married. And Shimon says, I'm a witness that they're married. Meaning, you're wrong. So it's an Eid Echad against each other. So it's not even going to prove anyway. They cancel each other out. So the Gemara says, so what's the case? The case has nothing to do with Eid Echad. Here's the case. Nobody has any witnesses. He claims to marry her. The other guy claims to marry her. She claims that both have other. Why does she need a get? We said before, if a guy claims that you're married, you don't have to give her a get. The answer is she doesn't need a get. She can marry other people. Again, she shows up to a town. Ruven says we're married. She says, no, we're not. Shem says we're married. She's like, no, we're not. We said before in the Mishnah, they're both also to her. She's mutter to them. So she, she should not need a get. The answer is she does not need a get. She only needs a get if she wants to get her ksuba. You want the money. You, 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 okay, you get a get from both of them, then you can get your money. You don't get a get, you're not going to get the money. So the Gemara says, to be permitted, she doesn't need anything. You want to collect your money? You got to get a get. I'll tell you why. The second she gets a get from everybody, then she can collect the money. The money is either owed by her, it's her money, so she can keep it. It's his money. Well, now that he gave a get, it's ksuba payment. The other guy's money, but now they gave a get, ksuba payment. So she wants to get the money, you need to get from both. What's the chiddush of this? They both claim to marry her, but there's no proof. So she doesn't need to, she's not, their claims have nothing to her. She doesn't need to get to, to, to reject their claims. She needs to get if she wants to keep the ksuba payment. You want to collect money, you got to prove it. The Gemara says, and what's the Chiddush? Well, why would they give her a get? They have to. They claim to marry her. Well, they don't have to. Mevakshin. We say Mevakshin. We don't. Koifin. Mevakshin. And the Chiddush of this Gemara is that it follows her mayor. There are mayor shita. There's a subas. That uh, um, whether you could collect ksuva payment from only real estate or also movables. You see from the sugya that you could collect it from movables, the bag of cash, and it's approved to her mayor. Okay. My Havi Allah, what's the conclusion of whether Eid Echod is something for marriage? Rav Kahanam Echoshe Kedushin, Rav Papa Amr Choshin the Kedushin. It's Machoikas Rav Kahan and Rav Papa. Okay. Again, the cases where both the Chassan and Kala agree they got married, but they only can get one witness, it's Machoikas Rav Kahana and Ravashi. And Rav Papa, I'm sorry. Amr Ravashi, Rav Kahana, my Daitach, Diyav David Amr Mimamin. Rav Kahana says to Rav Kahana, I don't understand you. Again, Rav Kana holds that it's nothing. Without two witnesses, it's nothing. Why? Davar, davar from mammon. It says the word davar by money. It says the word davar by erva. Just like money, you need two witnesses. So to erva, you need two witnesses. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Here's the problem, though. When it comes to money, let's say me and Gavin have a, if we have a dispute, someone's got to prove two witnesses to prove we're right when it comes to monetary law. But let's say there's no dispute. We both, in front of one witness, say, Gavin owes me $1,000. What's the halacha? Good. Why? 
The acknowledgement of the people involved is like a hundred witnesses. So even if you tell me, so I don't understand, you have one witness that says they got married, and the Chos and the Kala agree. So if you're telling me the reason why you need two is because you learn out from money, monetary law, well, when it comes to monetary law, if the both parties acknowledge something, that's enough. So if the Chos and the Kala acknowledge something, that should be enough. Why is it that by monetary law, it's, it's something, but by marriage, it's not? But what, why? What's the difference? Thank you, Adam, for ruining it again. So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara says, I know, I know. That's it's, it's, it's just so obvious. No? The Gemara says, The answer is exactly what he said, and that is the difference is when it comes to monetary law. The reason why we accept the acknowledgement of both parties is because what's the worst case scenario? Me and yeah, me, me and Adam, me, me, me and Gavin, we're, we're having whatever. He says he owes me a thousand dollars. Let's say he's not telling the truth. Worst case scenario, so he's writing me a check for that. He's giving me a gift, whatever. But when you have a chassan and kala, when they acknowledge something, when she says they're married, it affects the whole world. Because I'll tell you why. A year later, someone lives with her. He's going to get the death penalty. She, she now can't marry his relatives. He can't marry her relatives. It affects other people. Anytime you're affecting other people involved, then your acknowledgement is nothing. That's the point. You need two witnesses. And that's the difference between monetary law and marriage. Let's just finish up the sugya. The Gemara continues. Um, it's a new, new topic. Rav Ada and Marzutra, both, I guess they were related to each other. They both had an inheritance. And they split it between them without witnesses. The question is, so instead of you know going in front of witnesses, they just said, listen, you take that car, I'll take this car, fine. The question is, does that work? Meaning, do you need witnesses to sign to make it legitimate? Or perhaps the whole need of witnesses when you're splitting inheritance is to avoid fights in the future. If there's no fights in the future, great. If you both say to each other, listen, we love each other, we're not going to fight. We, we could just do this. I'm sure in business they have this sometimes. We don't need lawyers. We, let's just work this out between the two. The question is, no, the question is, is that legitimate? Could that work? Is the requirement of Edim by Yerusha, if, is it necessary for Edim to see it to make it legitimate or just to avoid fights in the future? If there's no fights, then it works. That's the Shaila. They asked each other, Amrle, Is the whole need for two witnesses by monetary law just so that if one person wants to retract and renege in the future, he can't mess the other guy up? But but we're not going to do that anyway. Or perhaps, no, you need Aiden for it to be chal. You need Aiden for it to have koyach, to, it to work. The whole purpose of witnesses are only created for liars, meaning you only need witnesses because of problems in the future. If there's no problems, you actually don't need witnesses. The chalois takes place without witnesses. One last sugya. Um, we know that one witness is not enough. Here's the case. One guy goes over to another guy and he says, you ate pork, you ate chalif, you ate chalif, you ate... Fats you're not allowed to eat, therefore you have a carbon. Now, if the guy says, No, I didn't, then it's nothing. But the guy's quiet. So the question is, is he now have a carbon? There's only an echad, but it's eight echad with shtika kahida. So, the other guy's quiet, nemon. 
he's believed and he has to bring a carbon because you have eight echor and the baldover is also made. So therefore he has to bring a carbon. The Tanatuna, the Brysa speaks it out. The Brysa says, One person says, And the guy, the Brysa says, The guy says, No, I didn't. Potter, he doesn't have to bring a carbon. You could deduce from this. The only reason why he has to bring a carbon, he's exempt from the carbon, is because he said, No, I didn't. Ha ishtik, had he been quiet, Mehemon, he'd be believed. And Abaya says, another case, one witness says that your Taharis became Tomei, and now you ate Shruma that was Tomei, and your Chayev a Karban. And the other guy's quiet, Nehman, he's believed. The Brysa says, the Brysa backs up, because the Brysa says, if one person says that the items became Tomei, and the other one says, no, it didn't, Potter, your Potter, you could deduce from this that the whole reason why he's he's Potter is because he fought him. Had he been quiet, he would be believed. All right, we'll stop here. It's good to see. You.